Jackson. How are you? I'm doing good, Chris. <laughs> it's always good to sit down and chat with you here at Leading and Serving. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this. So what are we doing today? Well, I saw a news article about a dude who has set two Guinness World Records. Oh. Have you ever thought about setting a world record? No. No? <laughs> oh, man. you got to shoot mean, higher in life. Let me tell you. <laughs> Longest fingernails ever. No, I don't know. A dude? No. I'm just saying oh, that's okay. what you should shoot for. No. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I remember reading Guinness World Book of Records. Mm-hmm. I'd always you know, take it out from the library in elementary kids. school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, that's the picture that I remember is the lady with the longest fingernails ever. And yes. I was like, you can't ever touch anything. Right. You'll never. How do you get anything done? Yeah. If you have kids or cooking or right. writing, you couldn't even write. You couldn't pick it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So here's a guy who has found a passion in life and is like, I want to do, I want, I want to, you know, set Guinness World Records. Yeah. And so he falls in love with Slackline. Are you familiar with Slackline? Isn't I think so. Isn't that that? It's a, like tightrope in the circus. Oh. But you use the. I thought it was a map. <laughs> Sorry, go All ahead. Right. Y'all go ahead and send your questions to <laughs> Chris at. <laughs> All right. So no, it's a it's a like tightrope thing. It's like yeah. tightrope, but it's but it's, it's loose. Slack. Yeah, okay. it's usually like a polyester band or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so his first world record was the highest slack line ever. Oh okay? wow! And to do that, because people have walked from like like downtown skylines, like top of buildings to top of buildings. I mean, they've. Oh wow! I mean, that's high. Um, he was like, well, I got to take that to a new level. So he stretched a slack line between two hot air balloons. What? Yeah. Something like 6,000 feet above. Oh my gosh. Uh, like altitude above ground level where That's he was at. Crazy. Yeah. And it was like eight, uh, 18 meters maybe or something like that. I don't, it wasn't super long, but it was super high. Right. Right. So he decides I'm going to set out on the longest slack line walk anybody's ever done. On top of being the highest. Yeah, he's already got the highest, so now he's going to do the longest. Okay. Um, but that's not enough for him. Guess where you, Guess where he set up the longest slack line ever. The Grand Canyon? Close. On top of, across the rim of an active volcano. What? No yeah, way. Absolutely. There's video of him, and you can see, like, the, the lava spurting up underneath. It's, I mean, he's well above right. lava level, but it's got to be hot. Right. <laughs> But it was completely across the rim of a of an active volcano. That's and there's crazy. video of this dude. And yeah. Yeah. So I say that saying there is a moral to the story. That's of good. every story, probably. Right. Okay. Right. right. Uh, we just talked Don't play re- with volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we just talked recently about um, setting goals for the new year. We did. And we used the phrase, who says you can't? We did. At some point, this dude sat there and was like, I want to do the longest slack line walk ever. Yeah. Set the record. And somebody's like, yeah, dude, yeah. that's awesome. Let's do it. Can and he we, goes, I want to do it on top of a volcano. Can I just say we're not endorsing anybody to go over top of a volcano? No, no. If you've never slacklined, I wouldn't brave more than your living room. Right. Uh, <laughs> over a bunch of pillows. Put all the couch cushions down and then go. Right. <laughs> But at some point in that process, somebody said, no way, man, you can't. That's crazy. You can't. No way. Right. And he said, that's my 2022 goals. Who says you can't? Right. So um, aim high. 
Yes. That's the moral of the story. Okay, I got it. You got it? Yeah, because right. I really got scared there for a minute. I thought you were going to try to get me to go over a volcano or something. No, you just need to start it with the couch cushions. <laughs> you thought it was an app. I did. I did. You download the app and then we'll talk. Right. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. All right. All right. We got a good episode today. We despite do. Despite all of that ridiculousness. We do. Um, um, we we got to talk about our uh, our connector voices because we're we're number four, right? This yeah. Is our yeah. This is week voice. four. Yeah. We've talked about our nurture, our creative, and our guardian. And right. now we're going to talk about our connector. Um, our connector is a champion of relational networks. They love networking and connecting all of the dots between people. They're internal collaboration experts. They love being on teams. They love shooting for a goal. Um, they, they're future-oriented. There's okay. one of our future-oriented voices. And um, they're, they really are champions at effective communication. Um, they love getting up in front of a crowd or in front of a group or something like that and inspiring people to action toward mm. a vision. Um, I like it. Yeah, I mean... Connectors are, I mean, they love um, just persuading people. They love connecting people to dreams and vision mm-hmm. and um, goals. Um, they're a champion of resourcing. You know, hey, do you, do you know where I could find a, <laughs> you know, a slackline guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I told Yeah, he <laughs> walked over a guy. volcano. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the guy you need to talk to. Um, they love connecting in that, in that manner. Okay. So I've got a source, I've got a guy, I know something. Have you thought about this or you know things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they are. They have a unique ability to manage large amounts of connections. Okay. Um, I'm. I mean, I, connector is my second voice. Yep. But I don't necessarily have that unique ability. I some, but not really. I mean, mm-hmm. I know people that just. See, there's the connector voice. I know people that <laughs> <laughs> are phenomenal at that. Yeah. They they remember names. Right. They remember where you worked, where you graduated high school, what your spouse's name. They, right. They're amazing in that way. Right. And um, you know, and so when you have a a true first voice connector, they can they they network all day long. All the time. <laughs> yeah, it's natural. Yeah, and um, um, but because of that, because it's so people oriented. Mm-hmm. Connectors sometimes can fall into people pleasing tendencies mm. because they're wanting to value that network. They're wanting to keep those connections, and so they want to they want to make sure everybody's happy and good on that mm-hmm. network. Um, and um, you know, and they can unfortunately they can also uh, feel like uh, critical feedback or even constructive feedback yeah. is is personal, it's and so they have a hard time engaging with that and mm-hmm. going, you know. Well, do you not do you not value what I bring to the table? And so right. you know this is you know I, I don't understand where this feedback's coming from. I thought we were great friends, right? right. <laughs> We've been best friends forever, right. <laughs> you know. And so um, you know that that's your connector, uh, a way to liberate your connector. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you've got one on your team or you know somebody um, close, um, celebrate life with them. They want to know. They want to be seen and heard and understood. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Um, the, at their best, they don't do a lot of separation of work, rest, and play. That doesn't come easy to them because, um, because they're just busy connecting the dots. They're busy, you know, work and play, and every, all of that blends in together for them right. in a lot of ways. And so let them, let them live into that a little bit. They have a unique ability to do that. Um, regularly ask your connectors, what are you excited about? Tell mm-hmm. me your stories. Right. Connectors are great storytellers. They mm-hmm. want to tell their stories. Um, they might tell you 
multiple times sometimes, but right. that's okay. <laughs> Let them go. You know, never stop believing in your connector. They just, uh, they have strategic connections mm -hmm. um, and just keep dreaming, keep moving, keep, we believe you can change the world expand the influence of our team. Our, our, I mean, they're the ones out there galvanizing the message of your team, of your organization to the community, to the world. Hmm. They're world changers in that way. That's and good. so um, empower your connectors to live that way. Um, you know, we, we've been talking each week about the weapon system. Right. That this is our superpower, but it also can be our, our weapon, our weakness sometimes. Right. <clears throat> and so the weapon system that a connector brings to the table is actually the opposite of their networking. It's mm -hmm. cyber warfare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in that way is that they they really kind of, you know, if the relational networks is like a web, mm -hmm. you know, a spider web, right. um, they will they'll, they'll poison the web. Mm. They'll, or they'll they'll cut somebody out of the network. <laughs> yeah. You know, that uh, if you, um, you know, if you didn't deal with integrity mm -hmm. with me and I lose my confidence and trust in you, right. then, yeah, I'm just, I may not do it directly to you because critical feedback is hard for a connector. Mm -hmm. um, but if somebody says, hey, have you ever worked with so-and-so? Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't do that again. Yep. And, you know, it's kind of the, you know, what you see in social media, cyber right. warfare, right? You right. Know? Um, and so triggers for a connector. Triggers are people taking credit for your work. Mm. So you bring an idea to the table. You bring a, you you know, you accomplish this, or you connected these two people, and you get kind of get pushed out of the celebration. Mm -hmm. That will trigger, trigger a connector. Hmm. Um, people not recognizing the validity of your ideas. That uh, that can trigger a connector. That um, I've got great ideas. I can change the world. Uh, yeah, we just don't think it's great. Mm. <laughs> and that feels very personal. Right. And so that can trigger. That can too. Um, um, you sense that people aren't for you. If you feel that uh, someone in your network really doesn't have your best interests at heart as well, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that'll trigger. Hmm. That'll trigger. And so they want that reciprocal. Um, <coughs> I'm, I'm here to help connect you. So, right. you know, return that to me. Um, or if people aren't willing to play play ball and collaborate and team, you know, that that is a trigger for a connector as well. Yeah. The, they value that team um, connection, that collaboration together, that we're working toward a goal together. Right. And, um, you know, if you're not on board, we'll, um, you know, I'll make sure no other work comes your way or, <laughs> right. you know, other people, you know, lose trust and, and faith in you as well because right. you've certainly proven that to me. <laughs> right. And so just as quickly as a connector will make that connection, they will sever that connection mm. um, in terms of their weapon and their voice. So... Hmm. Um, Good to know. Along to the know. way, you know, connector is our almost loudest voice. So they're louder hmm. than the nurturer, louder than the creative, louder than the guardian. Um, that connectors will be heard in the room. Those first three voices may not be heard right. in a room, um, you know, around a team environment, around a table. Mm -hmm. um, but connectors are heard because as soon as you walk in the room, hey, Chris, how are you? Right. How's your wife? What are your kids up to? Hey, heard you went camping. How'd that go? Right. <laughs> you know, everything... <laughs> Everything just flows for a connector that they want to. They want updates on people, mm -hmm. and so they'll work the room. You'll know that they're in the room, and because they're impassioned communicators, when ideas come to the table, they will they will give. They will jump in the mix, mm -hmm. and they they love just you know they'll jump into brainstorming and and I mean the thinking in the future. Their voice will be heard around mm -hmm. the table. Um, they're not quite as loud as the pioneer that we'll get to next week, um, but um, yeah, they can. 
they can they love to tell their stories. Hmm. And so you'll that's you'll probably hear the connector around the table. Yeah, it's good so, to know. That. Um, yeah, so that's just a quick wrap of our connector voice and that that's a it's it's a, I'm so glad that we've hit these on the on the volume levels too. Like I think that's mm-hmm. a huge part of this as well. It's like Absolutely. recognizing like that if this is your first voice, there's a good chance that you're a little louder than yeah. the first three. Connectors so, are not super they're not, comfortable not they're, with silence. Okay. So if somebody poses a question, and it's a hard one. Mm-hmm. That's good. They're not going to sit in the silence long. And as we get into <laughs> these last couple, right, these last two, where the, I mean, this week we're connector, next week we're pioneer, like, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the louder voices. These are the people that we're waiting like, hey, we need you to go last. <laughs> yes. Like, we need yeah. you to have the conversation. Like, we totally want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. But we also need you to recognize that these quieter voices probably need to go first before you put your two cents in. Right. Not that we don't want your two cents. We want your two cents. We just want right. you, Just give us a minute. Right. How are we going to experience 10% growth in 2023? <clears throat> Nurture, you're up. <laughs> right. Creative, you're up. Right. Guardian, then your connector, then your pioneer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. totally makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, connectors are 11% of the population. Okay. Um, first voice. Um, connector is often a, a secondary blend mm-hmm. um, with a lot of the voices. But um, yeah, first voice, true connectors, 11% of the population. So cool. There you go. Sounds good. All right. Thanks so for reviewing that with us. You bet. We've got a. And obviously, if you have, have not taken the five voices test, it is free. Make sure you get yeah. the show notes. Yeah, and, there is a free and, version available, absolutely. And get a hold of this so that you can understand where you're coming from and what your bents are, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. This helps you understand the way you look at the world, mm-hmm. the way you communicate to others, um, the way you prefer to receive communication. Right. You know? Um, um, and maybe even to help your, help yourself what, recognize what your own triggers or own, your own weaponization Right. for that, how you address things and how you communicate things. Right. So that way you can know better about what you're potentially going to mm-hmm. be doing if you get angry. Right. Right? I, we've, I've actually seen people <clears throat> confirm what their voice is. By their weapon? By their weapon. Because they, they'll look at a couple of voices and be like, oh, I do this, I do that, I, I do this right. one. I've got two, maybe three. That Maybe that's my found. Right. Well, okay, let's talk about your weapon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then they're like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> no, we don't want to talk about the hard and stuff. And then that, that helps understand. So That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So so we have a new um, guest today. We do. Um, and I'm super excited about talking to this yeah. guy. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about him. So this is Bo Jackson. Right. And he works for Modern Woodman. Okay. And he's Which a, is not a carpentry company, right? Right. And is a uh, financial institution right. where they do um, financial planning and things. And they're fraternal nonprofit, right? Correct. Okay. Which is just a completely different setup than most um, financial planners. Yeah. Honestly, um, I'm pretty ignorant about what that means. So I'm looking forward to this interview. Yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> but they have a huge impact on many communities. Yes. And so I'm looking forward to chatting with him about some of what he does and how he's impacting the community. And, and, and truly about his heart, because that's kind of what's gotten him involved with this organization, is that uh, yeah. he's a dynamite guy. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to chatting with him. Sounds good to me. All right. Let's, let's go do, do it. We'll be back in a moment. Well, Jason, I'm excited. Bo, thanks for joining us and hanging out with us today. Sure. Um, 
we are excited about you being here. I know it's been a little bit of a process to get you here because you're a very busy man, so we won't cut right to the chase, <laughs> yeah, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> cut right to the chase. We've been sitting here for 10 minutes laughing I know, that's, before hitting record. That's true. So. That's true. That's okay. true. So okay. now we have to get to the chase. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you. About me. What do you want to yeah. know? So know? Where, are you originally from Indiana? I am. Rising <clears throat> Sun, Indiana. You ever heard okay. of it? I have. Um, so we're obviously in Greenwood, Indiana now, but yeah. so tell me, give me some of that track of what happens. Some, give me some childhood sure. growth process. Yeah. Rising sun, rural community, Kay. grew up on a farm. Um, and then by means of, came to Indy by means of Bloomington. Okay. So went to university of Indiana. Okay. Um, did a small stint there. Should have probably been a doctor by the time I accumulated all those credit hours. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, got a couple of degrees and followed coaching. Really? So soccer What's brought me to Indianapolis. What's the degrees okay. in? Um, I have a degree. Actually, my first degree, I, uh, this is going to be funny, I made it up. You made up your degree. I made up the degree. Uh, it was called the Individualized Major Program. So music business Kay. wasn't a degree offered at the time. Okay. Uh, and basically what I did is I, I went in front of a board, and I proposed curriculum for taking the Jacobs School of Music, which is world-renowned, phenomenal school of music, Kay. and married it with the Kelly School of Business. And so I actually got to pull courses together and said, hey, here's what I want to do with music business. Yeah. Um, I want to do live events, uh, personal agency, stuff like that. <coughs> and they said, okay. So that wow. was the first degree, was uh, a degree in, I think we ended up calling it event management and creative strategy. Funny, I have two diplomas and they say two different things. <laughs> wow. Nice. Uh, so I can say technically I have a couple degrees. And then I have a degree in psychology. Oh, so. really? Mm -hmm. Was that, I, I mean, obviously that was after the thought? It was. So, so I worked in the music industry for about, while I was in school, for about a year and a half. Um, I was, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if it's sorry to say, but uh, an Axe ambassador. Okay. You remember the Axe body spray back in the oh, day? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I did live events that they would sponsor, and I put that on. Okay. I found out very quickly the music industry is pretty intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided if I didn't have a desk job, by the time I was 25, 26, mm -hmm. probably wasn't going to make it. Really? Yeah. I don't mm. went through three bosses in the year and a half that I was there. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So went back to school. I originally went to IU for medicine. Really? I wanted to be a, yeah, I wanted to be a pediatrician. Okay. So. Those are kind of like all over the place. All, yeah. all Hence my laundry list of credit hours and student <laughs> loans. But yes. Well, <laughs> but it's really impressive. Like, so... The psychology thing was to trying to go back to get another That's job, right. yep. a, like a desk job. And what was the hope for that? What was well, the goal for psychology that? was to get into med school. Oh, okay. Because I couldn't get in with, I mean, music business, I probably could, but I didn't take any of the science classes necessary. Right, gotcha. Um, so I did uh, from, I graduated in 05. It was funny. I graduated, walked, and then I attended summer classes, well, okay. going straight back in. Wow. Um, wow. And then did all the chem classes, all the biology, the physiology, anatomy, and uh, decided that in that process, I started coaching quite a bit, mm -hmm. soccer, and I loved it. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I found out very quickly in the relationship I was in at the time um, that the doctor thing wasn't probably going to work out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a, that might be a different podcast right. <laughs> at some point in time. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, um, but, uh, <laughs> but that being said, you know, jumping into coaching, I saw it as kind of my calling, if you mm -hmm. will. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, hey, awesome. I can help parents raise their kids <coughs> by being a coach, by being an influence, yeah. being a positive influence on them. Right. And that kind of, I had an incident where a parent called me and, you know, as a coach, you look down and you're just like, oh man, what do they want? 
Right, parents call right, you. You're like, right, okay, what right. I do? I'm what going I, through the last yep. couple of weeks of training. That's what I was like thinking too. Right. I was like, what did Not I do? Enough playing time. I don't think I yelled at anybody. Like, right? Was there something here? <laughs> did I say and, something wrong? Right. And uh, and she had. Um, I answered the phone and, and you know she's like, hey, this is so and so's mom. And I was like, okay, um, how how can I help you? She's like, well, you know, I just wanted to tell you that uh, I have been trying to get my son to eat his vegetables mm-hmm. for years, and we just left the grocery store, and. Uh, lo and behold, he put green beans and other greens, other canned greens in the yeah. cart. And I just want to say thank you oh, wow. because I had made a big comment about what you put into your body. You know, what right. fuel you use is going to be whatever you're able to do on the field. So that kind of sealed the deal. And I was like, you know what? I think coaching might be it. Yeah. I'll yeah. give it a go. So that's awesome. That took me from Bloomington to, uh, Carmel. So I was in Greenwood. I coached at one of the local clubs here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I moved up and started coaching for uh, Carmel United and was fortunate enough to be a part of a national championship. Wow. Nice. So wow. that was awesome. Very cool. I didn't know that. I was a lowly assistant. Didn't have hardly anything to do but drive the vans for the right. most part, but uh, a great experience out in L.A. Oh, uh, wow. That's To be cool. with those guys. Yeah. That's cool. And then just worked my way up the okay. club scene. Yeah. But you had a stint outside of Indiana. Yeah. Tell us about that. I did. I had a stand outside. So, um, and how your family works into this timeline as well. Yeah. Blend that into. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I actually, um, back to school, right? So I got my master's. As I was finishing my master's, I took a train ride out to Colorado because I'd heard all amazing things about Colorado. Right. And this was back in 2013. I graduated December 2013 and with my master's and uh, took the train out there and got stuck out there. Right? Oh. It was a, I don't know. If you guys remember, there's a big ice storm that came through. Well, it froze up the tracks, so I ended up being out there for an additional week and a half. While I was out there, uh, I was able to get reconnected with an old babysitter of mine. She was, I think she babysat me. Up until that point, I hadn't seen her since I was like five. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, her name, um, oh, she wouldn't care, Laura. And she's a 15-time world champion in the summer biathlon. She's phenomenal. Oh, athlete. my goodness. No right, way. yeah, huge. Out of Rising Sun, believe it or not. And huh. so I had reached out to her, got reconnected. And she's like, do you like Colorado? I said, yeah, I really enjoyed Colorado. It was awesome. Great. She's like, well, if you ever want to you know, move out here, I might have a job for you. I wow. said, okay. So I got back home, and you know, I called her up. I said, you know, I've been thinking about it. I'm, I'm interested. And she's like, well, I'll have my husband reach out to you. It's his business. Mm-hmm. And it'll be mm-hmm. whether or not he wants to hire you. And I said, okay. So he called me up, and he said, what are your, you know, what are your credentials? Mm-hmm. What's your background? And, of course, you know, I told him my degree is kind of like what I just, oh, I just yeah. finished a master's of organizational leadership. And, you know, pretty proud of myself at that point. He goes, oh, that's cute, son. None of that's going to help you out here. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I had no idea what he did, right? Because right. I never thought to ask what would I be doing. Right, right, right. Yeah. I was just yeah. so enamored by Colorado. Right. And uh, he was like, well, I'm a sixth-generation honeybee farmer. <laughs> oh. Yeah, honeybees. Wow, and I didn't see that coming. I'm, I assume you were in the same position? Uh, yeah. I stood there. I was like, honeybees. He's like, yeah, you know, we have about 2,500 colonies that we bring up and down the Rio Grande. Uh, apparently, you know, 20, 30 years prior, they were uh, Keebler elves, graham crackers, whatnot, their biggest supplier of honey back in the day. Wow, okay. And they decided they didn't want to do that anymore. But uh, I was like, you know, <coughs> why not? Sure. So I packed up the bags, threw the dog in the back of the Jeep, and hauled across the country to Colorado. Oh, my goodness. Lived in the San Luis Valley for about a year. Um, beautiful country. Have you guys ever been out that way at all? Oh, yeah. 
San Luis Valley is oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's a valley, yeah. but it's not really a valley. You're surrounded by mountains, but you're still like 7,000 feet up. Right. Really? Yeah. And there's Great Sand Dunes National Park, which is mm-hmm. uh, mind-boggling. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like a desert. Okay. But there's a disappearing river, and yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. So I lived there for a year, <laughs> and that's where Jennifer and I, so that's where the family kind of comes oh. into play. She had started Johnson & Wales. Um, they opened up their athletics, and she started their women's soccer program there. Oh, wow. She okay. moved from Georgia a year prior. Um, we knew each other from 2008 on, depending upon who you ask, mm-hmm. who, like, when all of the right. family stuff, like, no started to come into play. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we uh, moved in together in 2014, and she has her funny story about that, but moved in, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, then got engaged at sev- in 2000 and would have been 16. Married in 2017. Okay. Soccer brought us back to Indiana. To Indiana. At the same time, we found out we were pregnant with our first. Oh. So, yeah. And the last two and a half years have been a blur. Right? Yeah. So you've been back in Indiana two and a half years. Yeah. Since okay. 2000. We moved. We got here September 2019, uh, the week after Labor Day, and bought our house. We closed on our house um, January 21st, I believe it was. Had a big fundraiser February 1st. First, Atlas was born February sixth. Moved into our house February sixteenth. Oh my goodness! COVID hit March. Right, and so <laughs> no doubt it's been a blur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Couple, all right, couple career changes. So connect all these dots from music business, <clears throat> psychology, honeybee farming, growing up on a farm, right, to um, you know soccer coaching. What do you do today here on the South Side, Andy? Sure. So today I run a, um, a small financial planning firm uh, here in Greenwood. Uh, we're a part of a much bigger uh, national fraternal financial planning organization, okay. uh, Modern Woodman of America. Okay. Um, during my stint as, so when we moved back to Indiana, uh, I became an executive director for a small nonprofit here, a soccer club. Mm-hmm. And in the process was able to make some really cool connections. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where kind of uh, Lucas Hill, who's the regional director of Modern Woman, uh, approached me, introduced himself, and through COVID and, and whatnot, career change took place and decided to jump on board with them. Being a fraternal, you know, I've always wanted to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. That's always been a huge passion of mine. And what, what we're able to do in, in this organization is, you know, we're a fraternal. So 501c3s, they have to give every dollar uh, that they make over their overhead back into the community. Oh, wow. Wow. So that's, yeah. And then, so, of course, I do day-to-day financial planning. Right, right, right. For folks. Right. So you have, a, you have, so you have the, the financial planning for people, and then on top of that, you have a great organization that backs you up and is giving strongly back to the community. Because yeah. I know that I've been to several events that you guys are at all the time. Yeah. So that's awesome. It's pretty cool. We had, I don't know what the numbers <coughs> were for 2021, but I know from 19 to 20, we gave back over $34 million across the nation. Holy wow. smokes. That's Indiana awesome. took 1.6 million. That's so, amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. I think that my crew, uh, Michelle, you know, she, she's amazing. I'm sure you guys probably see her on LinkedIn every once in a while. But, yeah. you know, she was able to, between the two of us, I think we gave back over 30K last oh, year. Oh, wow. That's wow. awesome. Just into Johnson and Marion County. So oh, cool. That's cool. A lot of fun. That's cool. That lot is of fun. a lot of what's, fun. Uh, what's one of your favorite stories behind that of one of the nonprofits that y'all were able to impact? Oof. Um, you know, that's a hard one. I, I will say that 
uh, one of the first. There were, there were two, and they actually weren't here. They were back in my hometown. I was able to do a matching fundraiser uh, for the library that um, is relatively new from my mm -hmm. perspective. Uh, but it's amazing how what one might consider to be not so much money can go so far. Mm. You know, we were able to match a fundraiser and uh, give them, you know, $2,500, which was huge. You know, it literally doubled the amount that they right. had raised. Right, yeah. Uh, and so now we're talking new laptops, new books, you know, uh, upgrading the technology within the library. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's pretty impactful. Um, we built a fence for... Um, one of the daycares, a really cool daycare. It's a farm. So the kids get dropped off and then mm. they learn how to take care of animals while they're actually at the daycare. Wow, that's, that's cool. Cow jumped over the moon. Yeah, it's a really, really awesome uh, <laughs> nonprofit daycare organization. Really? That's mm -hmm. fun. That's awesome. So yeah. I assume not inside the city limits. Definitely not. Right. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Around, around here, you know, um, I've got to work with a lot of great organizations Kick It, Assist Indiana. Um, Dolly Parton's Imagination Library, you know, Franklin College. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be hard to say. Yeah, you're, but that's awesome. That's it's, super exciting. It's kind of like yeah. how much of an impact can we make each year? Yeah. Right. So and we've, had, uh, we've had one of those nonprofits on the yeah. podcast, one that I'm connected with. And so oh, yeah. I'm technically a beneficiary of Modern Woodman's that's right. you know, giving back to the community through Reese's Resources of Hope. Oh, and that's right. They just had a grand reopening recently. Yeah, they did. And uh, Renee Fernay over there is knocking it out of the park yeah, she for is. foster families and adoptive homes. So Yeah, 100%. Appreciate you guys doing that, man. Amazing yes. person, Renee. It's huge. Yeah. yeah, she is. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, obviously you've had um, a lot of growth during that time. So what what would you say to somebody that's maybe gone through some different routes like yourself and and got to the point where you're at now? Like how, how for you has your personal growth, what was one of the things that you would give uh, uh, just some advice to somebody else that's probably maybe struggled a little bit trying to figure out the exact path? Sure. Um. You know, I would say that um, no experience is ever wasted. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so a lot of people, myself included, you know, you, you look back through and you, know, you looked at my LinkedIn profile or, or look at my experience and it's like, hey, you know, you did honeybee farming, you know, um, you worked at Chipotle, you worked at Starbucks, you, you're a financial advisor, like you've literally touched almost every industry. Uh, you don't have 20 years in one industry. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you have any area of expertise? Right. So I would say that, you know, if, if somebody's traveling a similar path, finding a vehicle in which or finding a career in which you can take all those experiences and use them mm -hmm. becomes mm -hmm. the thing because no experience is wasted. Right. Well, and I mean, like there's a running theme. I don't know if you see it, but like I totally see the coaching theme and sure. guidance. And with that, it's definitely run through, even though so many of those areas are so vastly different. Yeah, the um, the experiences for me give me an opportunity to connect with folks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when I sit down with a family or, or even with a business owner or someone those, along those lines, and they find out that I was a honeybee farmer. Yeah. Right. Or a, an equal experience that maybe they have had. It's right. an opportunity right. to connect, and that and that's huge. Right. Um, with regards to coaching, 100%. You know, getting when I started out as a financial representative, the goal for me was how quickly can I get into a role where I get to coach. Right. Where I right. get to get back know, to your passion. Yeah. Help uh, both from a personal and a professional 
perspective, folks develop. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's awesome. So what's been maybe one of the bigger deterrents during this process? Because I agree with you in the whole idea that no opportunity is wasted. But I also know that there's also there's those opportunities that sometimes don't always feel like they're not a waste in the midst <laughs> of it. For sure. I think that um, from an experience perspective, one of the deterrents is more so, you know, maybe this is cliche, but just uh, put on a cat poster, you know, believing in yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, that it is, that it nothing is wasted. Right. Because there's enough people out there that'll tell you that, oh, you don't have five to 10 years worth of experience. Right. There's the door. Right. Or, you know, financially specific, talking about finances, you know, you have, you know, you're working on your third year. Why would I give you my retirement plan? Right. Why would I trust you with my life savings? Yeah. What makes you qualified? What makes you qualified? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that we always have a choice, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that I can look at that or anybody can look at that and say, well, that's a deterrent. Right. Or you can look at that and say, nope, that's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Whether they choose to work with you or not in any capacity, finances or not, right. that's going to be their choice, right. and that's okay, right. mm-hmm. one way or another. So how do you think you – how did you overcome that? Like, how, how would you overcome somebody coming to you and be like, ah, you don't have enough experience, like, in your profession mm-hmm. to take care of this money? You would just – what would you do to encourage them? Because I think this is an excellent question because I met his team. Right. And he's got some young – leaders on this well, team. And I mean, young leaders. So yeah, I mean, talk through that. That's a... Because sure. you've, you've, you've ventured into many different things mm-hmm. where I'm sure you've bumped into this a time or two where they're like, you don't have enough experience. Like like the gentleman, the bee farmer. Right. Like, that all seems well and good, Your son, experience means nothing. But <laughs> I need you to go out here and tend to bees. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know... Uh, I would say that the biggest thing is just accepting it for what it is. Okay. Right? They may not be the client for you. Right. That's okay. Right. Um, Or using it as an opportunity. Like I said, using it as an opportunity to not necessarily prove your worth or Mm -hmm. your credibility. Right. Um, But, you know, there's a lot more than just credibility when it comes to finances or any relationship building opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. That's where I say the connectiveness is, for me, is is key. Mm -hmm. Do you really care? do you really understand mm-hmm. me? And when I say me, I mean like the person I'm sitting across from. Right. Mm-hmm. Having the, all of the, while the credibility from, you know, from the financial or any career perspective may or may not be to somebody's liking, right? They mm-hmm. may have the set threshold where you need to have 20 plus years of experience in, and that's all good and great. Right. Um, but I would say that the relationship would trump that. Mm-hmm. Maybe not initially, but the relationship will eventually trump that yeah. because they know where your heart is. They, right. they know that you're in it for them. Um, Which is awesome. Right. Rel- yeah. Relying on that, you know, for me, number one, relationships, relying on that and, and the value that you're able to provide. That's also why I love Modern Woodman, because mm-hmm. they, they're going to take care of me regardless of who walks in the door. Right. You know, um, it's not an expectation of if I do this, then I get this. Mm-hmm. It's more of I have an opportunity to give. Mm-hmm. And if folks want to continue to work in that capacity, then so be it. And if they don't, we still have a great relationship. Right. right. That's awesome. So in your passion for coaching yeah. and the team that you've been building around, uh, you know, the financial planning and stuff, um, you know, in our conversations prior to all this, you're, you're very passionate about young leaders. 
and mm. diversity among young leadership in our community and your passion about our community. So from a coaching perspective, leading young leaders in an industry that's usually governed by more seasoned veterans, we'll say. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, what is that? What does that look like for you in terms of how you pour into young leaders and the things that you're trying to help them grasp along the way? Well, I would say it has nothing to do with finances, to be fair. You know, um, whether I've coached soccer or whether it's been other coaches in soccer or whether it's, you know, been at Chipotle or Starbucks or whatever role that I've been mm -hmm. able to take on that allows me the opportunity to grow and develop folks. It has nothing to do with the actual content. That comes. And typically right. it comes on their own. Like, mm -hmm. that's the craft that they need to spend time in. They need to do their research. They need, will I guide them through it? Sure. Will I hold them accountable? Absolutely. Um, but there's more to coaching leaders or growing leaders than the actual content, right, than the technical side of the, the job. It's more so what kind of values can I instill? Yeah. You know, what can I foster that maybe they already have, but they're not uh, fully expressing it? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, what can I polish? What can I make that is showing up raw? And, you know, I don't want to say shape it, but mold and shape it to right. where, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're leading, but not because they're setting out with a predetermined, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Right. But they're leading just naturally because they're following the values that they're convicted in. Right. Mm -hmm. They just happen to lead through finance or they just happen through soccer or whatever right. that looks like. Right. The content of whatever you're going about is the vehicle through which you communicate your values. Sure, absolutely. That's what you're saying. Okay. And, and again, the That's relationship, cool. helping them. If I have a great relationship with that individual mm -hmm. and the trust is built there, then I then their willingness to allow me to be a part of their life and help grow them, Right. that's set in stone and that's good to go. Um, the content, I'm not really worried about. Right, right. Yeah, per se. So who along your journey was the coach who poured into you? Wow. Um, I've been very blessed and fortunate to have quite a few. Uh, I can remember right off the bat, one of my soccer coaches. Uh, he was also, um, I didn't really know it at the time, but a pastor at one of the churches in town. Um, it was actually his wife. I was, I'm, I'm not a big guy, right? I'm kind of small. <laughs> so I was the runt of the group for the most part. Mm -hmm on the soccer field and she always, you know, during tryouts or anything like that, she always made sure that I made the team, mm -hmm. which was huge. Um, because everybody was, not only was I the runt, but everybody was two years older than I was as well. Oh, uh, wow. So, um, yeah, uh, Kathy was great. Um, and then her husband, Bill, poured into me. Uh, school, I always had at least one or two teachers. You know, we're not, we're not here long enough to go through the whole list, but uh, in high school I had an art teacher a math teacher and an English teacher that really pushed in ways that I would say even like at a college level, mm. if okay. that makes sense, which you may or may not get at a high school, but just pushing that helped mold and shape my identity a little bit more. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Then I guess I learned from experiences. But once I got out into college, it was kind of like, all right, I went to IU because I went to Rising Sun with the graduation class of 63. Wow. <laughs> IU's a little bit different. Yeah. Right? Slightly. Yeah. Numbers wise, a little bit, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, there might be sixty three people in one in one room. <laughs> yeah, one class. One my, my 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 chemistry class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, eight a.m. We had over two hundred and fifty in one hall, and I'm like, oh, there's my entire high school. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I'm not world. just a number. <laughs> That's right. Different yeah. world. Different world. Yeah, but that's um, cool. Yeah. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about. Um, 
you have a perspective on story, mm. um, that you value story in a very uh, unique way. So tell us a little bit about the value of story and kind of how you see that working in and through our lives. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm bit, you are 100% correct. I, I love stories. Um, you know, I was uh, just recently, I, I left the program, but I was pursuing a doctorate in information systems and um, communication. And everything that we were learning was all big data, collecting information, you mm -hmm. know, from everybody. I mean, our iPhones do it, you know, what have you. And where my pushback on it was data is just a piece of it without mm -hmm. the context, which right. would be the story, data is useless. If there's no mm -hmm. story, if there's no context by which we can insert the data or understand the data, then it's useless. Um, and so, you know, I look at, uh, you know, the course of time and you can look at stories that have survived. Well, mm -hmm. why have they survived? Well, if you, if you peel them back, I'll make my English, English teacher proud here a little bit. Uh, if you peel them back, you can find those values within packaged in the story, right? They may show up a little bit differently for everybody, depending upon their worldview, mm -hmm. right? Depending upon how they grew up. But uh, stories are the vehicle. They are the context that enable one to coach, enable one to teach. Mm. Um, you know, Walt Disney's made a fortune off of it, to be fair. But that's kind of the gist of it. You know, I, I firmly believe that stories are the information system for communication. Mm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense? So yeah. True. 100%. So if we can be aware of that, it allows us to do quite a few things. It allows us to create pretty awesome stories and teach and coach. Right. Mm -hmm. But it also allows us the opportunity or enables us the opportunity to kind of look at what stories we're reading consciously and subconsciously, yeah. right? What stories are being read to us, and then we can have an active participation mm -hmm. in that, whether we choose to agree with that story or not so much. Right, right. I don't know if I'm making sense. You guys get no, me rambling I'm, a little I'm bit. No, no, that's good. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm with following. You. It's it's a definitely a deeper level. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, just <laughs> I'll throw out a, a silly anecdote real quick. Because you said data without context makes no you know there's no sense to it um my teenage son wanted to buy a weight bench for the basement so he borrowed my wife's facebook marketplace to search for a used weight bench i thought you were gonna say credit card <laughs> no no he's got yeah he's got his own account um but here the context is this is a 16 year old boy looking for a used weight bench yeah. who doesn't have Facebook, you know, right. um, now my wife is getting ad after ad after yeah. ad after, because big data says, you want a weight bench. And my wife's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And so right. the context, yeah. Um, but on a more serious note, <laughs> you know, because that's where we go. Um, there's a word that's been woven throughout all of our conversation that I want to back up to uh, kind of at that foundational level. You're worried. You look worried. Yeah, I was like, uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> you mentioned within story that when you peel it back, it reveals the values. Mm. You mentioned in coaching, it's not about the content. It's about amplifying the values, right? Mm -hmm. um, in your office, in your home, if you had one value plastered on the wall, what would you go to? Just one what's value. That, what's that? Okay. Just one value. I mean, you can maybe have two, but... I was going to go with five, but... <laughs> Um, if, if you can nail all five quick, go for it. Go for it. Uh, so there, there are five that I've kind of, okay. um, I try to as much as possible because, you know, we do have our imperfections. Right. Um, Very human. Absolutely. Uh, 
And the five that I kind of revolve around uh, are, you know, wisdom, um, power, um, courage, unconditional love, and faith. Um, and each one of them kind of embody, uh, you know, they, they kind of wrap around trust and awareness and, and all of those things. But, you know, wisdom is the correct application of knowledge through experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, courage is just the ability to then implement or do said things based upon the wisdom, uh, even when it's really tough, probably more so when it's difficult. Uh, power is acknowledging the influence that we have on other people mm-hmm. and taking responsibility for it nice. versus just being blind. And that took me a little, power took me a little bit to get to because I always have a negative connotation to the word power. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's you know, kind of go hands in hand. Like the financial career has helped me with money because I've always had a negative connotation with the word money. money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so power is more so owning that and having responsibility for the, the influences that you okay. have on other people's lives. Um, unconditional love, not to say that it's cliche, but I, I firmly believe, again, these being my core values, that benefit of the doubt, everybody should be loved. Mm-hmm. I love you know, that. Met, That's good. Meet, meet them at their place, not yours. Absolutely. So that's the unconditional part. And then faith wraps it all together, right? So faith is oh, kind of that piece of, yeah, the world's going to tell you five million different reasons why none of those four will work. Mm-hmm. Have the faith that, you know, you can have great relationships. You can live your life to the fullest by just following those four. Wow. That was really good. That was solid. <laughs> And to think I was going to force you into one. (laughs) I appreciate you letting me have the five, yeah. So tell us about the one value system of all five steps, right? (laughs) That's good. I love how each one leads into one another and then is wrapped at the end. um, With the faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those are, you know, when I look at, we we came up with our own core values within uh, within the district. Um, And what I found is that trust is a huge component of that, Mm -hmm. right? And that comes with faith. Like, what is trust? It's the faith that somebody's going to uphold their word. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. But those five. That's yeah. cool. We can That's sit cool. there. Uh, yep. Do you think it's worthwhile for young leaders or any leader, any age, any, you know, demographic whatsoever, you think it's important for them to sit down and think through things like that? I think it's important. Clarifying their values. and. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's important to have uh, reflection in your life. Mm-hmm. So whatever that is it's different for everybody. Right. And it could be, you know, the 15 to 30 minute shower. It could be the journal. It could be whatever, the cup of coffee, tea. But I think that taking the time to reflect upon the experiences, I see, I also believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So if you have Mm -hmm. that as a core belief that everything happens for a reason, then you can reflect upon, well, this was awful or this was great. Why did this happen? And kind of figure out something gain something from it so for young mm-hmm. leaders you know the good the bad the ugly having the opportunity to kind of reflect upon what just happened or or happened maybe in the past right yeah we're meaning makers right so making meaning out of whatever that incident or experience was mm-hmm. right if they can do that then it's going to be it's going to give them the opportunity to become more aware of others and the experiences that they go through and they get getting back to the ability to connect Mm-hmm. Build relationships. If you're going to lead, you better you better be good at that. Yeah. This is. I mean, this there the coaching um, insight as well as the psychology side of this. Like, there's this is all really great. 
reflective information that if you're a business owner and you're not using some of this, mm-hmm. I I would encourage you to do so. 100%. Yeah. Listen to Coach Bo. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truly, at the end of the day, like, these are the things that help people sustain life and help people grow and and get further down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can have, in my experience, you can have, you can go through, right, and, and not reflect and still be successful. Right. You can still do that. We call right. them the fortunate ones or we call them they always land on the right foot or whatnot. Right. But your influence and your impact will always be limited because of your yeah. limitation yeah. of not reflecting. Right. Mm. Your impact just is that much smaller than what it could be. Mm-hmm. Right. That potential is not ever actually reached. So yeah. take us down the practical road of that then. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. I know. I love living <laughs> in the clouds. So I know. practicality. I know. So here we go. Here you are. You're family of four. Mm. You know, y'all are hopping. <laughs> right? Your wife's got her own thing rolling. Yep. You got... Two kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got extracurricular stuff that you like being a part of. Sure. But then you're, you know, you're, you're eight to five is also involved in the community. Mm-hmm. And so I see you out at events in the community. You know, you're always representing, you know, on evenings, weekends, whatever. So life is on fire at times, right? It <laughs> certainly feel like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what is the practical side for you of how do you find that time to, what, what are the tools, what are the things you do to kind of, provide that time, guard that time to reflect? That's difficult. I, I will say that in the last two and a half years, it's been hard to find that time. Hmm. Um, yeah. Up until then, I would say journaling. Okay. You know, I was very much, I love to write. I love to reflect. Um, with career change, buying the home, moving across the country, COVID, two kids, all that jazz, I would say that it's been very difficult to find and it, it has to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Like I've found that if I don't do mm-hmm. it and it's more than just putting it in my calendar, like right. making it sacred yeah. uh, for lack of better terms. Um, I still write. I don't write as much as I used to. Um, but sometimes it's just been having a cup of coffee to myself and just thinking just mm-hmm. what am I doing today? What did I do yesterday? Uh, where do I want to go? How do I want to get there? Um, I don't do it enough. Only, I only know that because of what I was able to do mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how clear things were back right. then. Um, that time's so you shoot for daily, weekly? I, I shoot for daily. It ends up probably being more weekly. Right. Mm-hmm. right. I shoot for daily, though. I, I do try to as much as possible. I'll carry a journal. Like, I'll have a notebook mm-hmm. with me at all times because if I do have downtime, somebody's late for an appointment or I'm early, that's an opportunity where I'll try Absolutely. to eke in a five to ten minutes right. and just get thoughts down. Right. For sure. So the value of that over scrolling social media for five to 10 minutes is huge for you. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Others thoughts? We'll leave that, or we'll leave that where it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. we'll leave that yeah. where it is. Oh, man. Well, well Bo, we are so grateful for yes, you, uh, thank you coming on the podcast, letting us twist your arm. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with us today. No, no worries. Yeah. How would, uh, how would people find you? If they're interested, you know, whether it's coaching or financial planning, what, whatnot, um, how would they get a hold of you? Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. Bo Jackson, just search that on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook for sure. Uh, Modern Woodman on our website. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can literally search, you know, financial representatives in Greenwood. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you can always stop by, too. We're off of Madison Avenue, so if you're in and around the area, mm-hmm. you know, we're just across from Comp Pediatrics, you're, you're always welcome to stop by. 
Chelsea and Michelle will be at the front desk. Um, we'll love to have you in the office, but uh, you're yeah. glad to sit down with a cup of coffee with anyone, right? Oh my gosh, my my <laughs> wife. When we first got together, you know, she's like, "I'm gonna figure out a way to make money off of you and coffee." <laughs> <laughs> because when we first got together, I was at so many coffee shops, right? Um, and just visiting with folks. So yes, always up for a cup of coffee. Always up there for a go. cup of hot tea. That's awesome. Right on. The occasional beer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, thanks uh, again for yeah. joining us. Thank yeah. you so much, man. Thank Appreciate you. it. We'll be back here in just a moment. Jason, you know, we are very fortunate with the group of people that are, you know, bless us with their time. I, I don't take that lightly that, yeah. you know, so many of these leaders that come in and talk with us. They could be making money. Uh, they well, that and they're <laughs> they're very busy, right? Yeah. So for them to yeah. car- carve out two hours ish um, to come in and talk with us on the podcast is it, it means a lot to me. It does. It uh, does. But I will tell you that um, Bo is a phenomenal guy, and I just yeah. really appreciated his insights on, you know, the. Uh, his coaching coaching aspects on his insights on the fact that he has done so many different things. I honestly, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of people look at me and go, you don't always know what you're doing either. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Or like right. you've done so many different things. Um, yeah. And that it doesn't all go together either. But I will say that I totally see the theme of the coaching throughout his life yeah, and his ability absolutely. to help people and coach them and right. gr- help grow them. It's just been, um, when you look at different snippets of his life, I can see why you'd be like, well, how does all that go together? But then if you look at the bigger picture with everything he's done and all the things that he's learned, he's mm-hmm. definitely an amazing coach. Right. And the fact that he's out there doing financial advising at this point is just, it's, it's exciting. I bet you he right. has phenomenal clients. I think there's, I think there's a, a, you know, a mindset in there that, I think a lot of people get hung up on, mm-hmm. that, you know, well, you know, n- numbers aren't my thing. Financial planning, I, that's just not, it's not what I'm made to do in life, and, I love that Bo just kind of rises above the, what he called the content, right, mm-hmm. and he's like, but that's not my purpose. That's just the vehicle by which, I coach, right. You know, I'm raising up leaders, I'm right? Impacting a community. That's just the way I do it. Yeah. You know, and and so many people get get caught up in the actual function of the job sometimes. Yeah. You know, of my mission, my purpose in life. Maybe your mission and purpose is bigger <laughs> than just the function of what you're doing. Right. So how can that be the vehicle? How can that lead to other things? And yeah, um, I appreciate that he's nailed that at an early age. Just kind right. of going. This is what I'm about, and it doesn't matter if I'm bee farming or yeah, not bee farming. Bee, yeah, bee farming. Is it bee farming? Yeah. Well, I don't know. He was risk saying. getting stung right by collecting honey. <laughs> I mean, honey farming, maybe I don't know. Yeah, honey farm. Either way, it Bo, you're matter. gonna have to come back and set us straight on the terminology of yeah. the bee farming community. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing along the right. way, and uh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And, go ahead. I was just gonna go to the values. Yes. Toward the end. I mean, that was go for it. Yeah. Because I, I mean, if think you were, those are key. If you're like me, I listen to podcasts on 1.2 or 1.5, right? Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of thing that you need to slow it down and go back. Yep. 
And I totally agree. I mean, he's talking about reflecting too, right? So right. <laughs> then there's that. So reflect on that, man. Just take some time and really walk through your values. Yeah. Um, I almost was like, can we hit pause? Because I needed five minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, I just started jotting down mission, vision, and values mm-hmm. for, you know, I'm part of a number of organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the church to a new nonprofit mm-hmm. to a, a new for-profit business yeah. to another business that I'm hoping, you know, wanting to launch in the near future. Right. That's a lot of mission, vision, and values. Right. And it's easy for me just to sit on that level. Mm-hmm. What about myself? What are my personal values? Yes. And I Bigger think picture. I think I'm going to take some time to continue reflecting on that. Of that is good. I know I've got some, but I couldn't. If, if you ask me, what are your values? I would not, I, I would have to meander around a little bit to yeah. come, come to the answer. And yeah. I loved that that was locked in. Yes. That was cool. Oh, that and, was cool. and he, I, we, we got, I know when we got off the, you know, recording, I was like, did you have that scripted? And he was like, no. And he goes, I've done a lot of reflection on it. Yeah. He but said he he's did done a lot of journaling, a lot, a lot of journaling, reflection. a lot of reflection. So, but, he didn't have it scripted for today, but boy, did it flow. I was like, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. I wish I could be that spot on with my life and what I, my expectations of things right. were. Like, it was impressive. Yeah. What Do you do you have it written down what they were? Uh, no, I did not write them down. Okay. We'll have to go back and They were good. I remember several of them, but I, did, I didn't want to butcher them. So right. I'm going to have to go right. back and re- re-listen to this. <laughs> the one that got me was power. Yes. That it does have such negative connotations, but recognizing the power you have over people and owning that yeah. influence that you have. You yeah. Know, that's uh that was that was huge. Yeah. It's good stuff. Well thanks for hanging out today. Hey. It, it was another great it's day. It's always a pleasure. Always, always good to talk to Bo it's and it's always a pleasure. I, I know that uh well we've this is the only time we've talked to Bo on the podcast, but I talked to Bo. I right. always enjoy talking right. to him. So Yeah. We've got a couple of great um interviews coming up. Mm-hmm. So we've got a um, a leader who uh, helps organizations and teams with um, employee engagement, people, culture. Um, just a uh, just met him recently, and just a just phenomenal dude. So I'm looking to having uh, Adam Binkert on. Okay, I hope I said his last name right. Um, and uh, then we've got our first uh, like best-selling author coming on the podcast. We do. We do, man. We do. You know, we talk all the time about these, um, you know, the five voices. We talk mm-hmm. about the leadership tools from Giant. Yeah. Um, we get to talk to the author of Five Voices, Five Gears, 100X Leader. And he's got a new book coming out called The Peace Index, Jeremy Kubitschek. Yes. He's going to be on the podcast here in a few weeks. Oh, that's all so exciting. I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait, wait either. I mean, we lo- we love our local, but this is a guy who has spoken into the content content and context of this podcast. Right. You know, in, in huge ways right. without even knowing it. Right. I mean, he's had influence on us without even knowing our this names. This is the thing that we always refer back to. It's like, yeah. hey, have you done your peace index lately? Like, that's right. You need to check it. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. So yeah. in the meantime, give us a like. Yeah. Subscribe. Well, And uh, if you didn't catch it earlier, the information for Bo will be in the show notes. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. Shoot us a review. I'm just going to stop talking. You want to finish it? Yeah. Give us a review. (laughs) Give us a like. Send us an email. That's right. Thanks so much for listening. You guys are great. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.